Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are Revelation 17 through 19. Patty Rat's Revelation Rabbit Trails Revelation 17 depicts a beast that sounds a lot like the beast in Daniel 7. There are so many conspiracy theories connected to this chapter. There is so much symbolism that I enjoy studying, but sharing that would only be sharing speculation, and I don't want to do that. Don't get caught up in translating the symbolism. Just know it. I don't have time to go into the tin horns, etc. There are many, many theories on this, but what caught my attention was the woman dressed in purple and scarlet. Purple is what jumped out to me. See Judges 5, 8, Mark fifteen seventeen, and most of all, John nineteen two. Purple. It's a color for nobility, and now it's mixed with scarlet. We have here a woman wearing noble colors. At his crucifixion, we are told that they put a robe on Yeshua, which was one or both of these colors. Matthew twenty seven twenty eight tells us that the robe was scarlet, and Mark fifteen seventeen tells us it was purple. I'm not sure we will see purple and scarlet clothes on a woman, but the symbolism of nobility and fire is what strikes me. It feels priestly. She led people astray, and even John was mesmerized by her, and he was in the presence of holy beings. This scares me more than most of Revelations. John is in the presence of heavenly beings and marveled at this sight. I looked at the word used here in the Greek to make sure my perception was right, and scarily, it was right. Thaumazo, to wonder, wonder at, marvel to be wondered at, to be had in admiration. I'm the world's worst at chasing the shiny things in life. If John can be caught up in this moment, you better bet we can. Revelation 17, 13. They have one mind. They are all thinking the same. I wonder if they also have intolerance for other people's difference of opinion. If they have one mind, then they are not thinking for themselves and most, most certainly aren't critical thinking. They are being led. They are following. Revelation seventeen fifteen. We have more water mass than land mass on this planet. He saw this prostitute sorting by waters. The waters were people, crowds, nations, and tongues. Masses are merely being led astray by the mesmerizing powers that be that represent nobility and fire, the purple and scarlet. I guarantee you they will know this Bible well. Don't fall for it. Her own leaders and her own beast hate her and will devour her. This is where God just lets them destroy themselves. Revelation seventeen seventeen. So God gave them authority to think for the people. These people are not thinking for themselves at all. They are being led down this path of destruction willingly. They can't see the truth. They're too far gone. Something that stands out here is if you're in an environment where everyone was of the same opinion and beliefs, Maybe you should stop and question yours. I'm not saying they're wrong, just make sure you aren't being spoon-fed and following. People are great speakers and teachers and very convincing. 
Question everything. It's okay to not agree with everyone. Stop, listen, and pray for discernment. How many times have we watched people get led astray by charismatic religious leaders? Or heard someone say, my preacher said, honestly, I don't want to hear what your preacher said. I want to hear what you have read, researched, and believe. And I might not agree with you, but it'll cause me to seek deeper. You better believe these people that will lead you astray will be deeply rooted in His Word. They have to know it in order to counterfeit it. Question everything. Read your Bible. Test everything. The Bible is a litmus test. If you know your Bible, you can test every teaching to see if it is of God. As Christy always says, you won't recognize a counterfeit if you don't know the original. Revelation 18. Right off the bat, he references Isaiah's vision in Revelation 18, 1-9. I'm finding lots of visions from Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel repeated in Revelation. He knew them, and now he sees them. We need to know them, too. Revelation 18, 3-8. Wow. Greed and their own drunkenness of power blinded them to the grief and mourning they caused. This sounds like a mob mentality. The little man does the dirty work and the elite reap the benefits and remain oblivious to the sufferings. However, being oblivious or ignorant doesn't spare them from the wrath. It won't spare us either. We've been given all the tools to know better. We must be diligent about staying in the Word. Book open, eyes on him. Revelation 18.4 is a haunting verse for believers today. I've heard this spoken time and again as a means of warning us to remember that while we have to be in the world right now, we are not to be of the world. Revelation 18.13 As I'm reading all of the merchandise, I'm imagining what it would look, smell, and feel like in John's time, especially the cinnamon and incense. But the end of this particular passage causes me to hit the mental brakes. Lives and humans? My translation says bodies and lives of men. Whoa. Others say slaves and human life. The Greek words are soma, the body of men and animals, and anthropos, the bodies of men and women, and psyche, the breath of life, the soul. When you sell a slave, you sell them for physical labor. They are tested and measured for their physical abilities. Yes, this still happens today on many levels. Figuratively speaking, the Bible also warns us not to become slaves to the lender, Proverbs 22.7. Physical slavery is still real, though. But then we see anthropos and psyche, the breath and soul of men and women. It takes so much more to take someone's breath and soul, and this slavery, too, is alive and well today. In this short passage, I'm picturing human trafficking, demonic possession, just to name a few. The fact that a human breath and soul is pictured here with cinnamon and incense is just shocking to me. Revelation 18, verses 15 through 19, they are still grieving their riches, but not their salvation or their lives. Matthew 6, 19 comes to mind. Today, there are fires and floods and all kinds of disasters happening all around us. I'm not saying this is revelation stuff, but it is sobering to see how quickly we can lose all of our earthly things in the blink of an eye. However, 
Imagine how joyful it would feel to see God avenging your captors. Fire is tragic, but it's also purifying and cleansing. On farms, we often burn the last of the crops to aid the soil and make room for new growth. In this case, there's no new growth happening. He's burning and saying no more. No one will be able to repair it. No one will be pulling together as a community to lift each other up. It's done. Their time is over. Revelation 19.2 is reminiscent of Psalm 19.9, and he's also quoting Deuteronomy 32.43 here. Revelation 19.9, the same word used for supper was also used in John 21.20. That verse reads, So Peter turned around and saw the disciple Jesus loved following them. The one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and asked, Lord, who's the one that's going to betray you? The word is deepnon, same word used for Messiah's feast. The feast Yeshua was having before his crucifixion is the same feast we are invited to here. I could speak on this one for days. Revelation 19.10, this just seems to wrap it all up in this one statement. For the witness of Yeshua is the spirit of the prophecy. That's what it's all about. The witness of Yeshua is the spirit of the prophecy. That's one to roll around in your mind a bit. There's a lot of meat on those bones. Revelation 19.13, robe. The Greek word is hymation, which means upper garment. I think this is a talit, a sacred prayer shawl. I mean, they were all Jewish. Even Yeshua wore one. Revelation 19.7, deep non, same supper word. Revelation 19.20, those who were led astray get taken with the beast. I personally don't think these were bad people. They were just ignorant and uninformed. And at some point, I think they must have made a willful decision on their part. They did not question or test this, quote, prophet. They blindly followed. This verse is very sad to me. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.